Hello and welcome to the SaltCast. My name's Ryan Johnson, and I've got Paul Johnson and Jason Parr on we on with me today. Welcome, guys, and good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us today again, Ryan. Oh no, thank you for being with me. Um, so here at the end of the year, end of 2021, there's a lot of people. And, you know, we're on the phone with these people and they are looking to get their sales tax in order, looking to get right with sales tax coming into 2022. And, and you know, we run into this every, you know, at the end of every year, I think it's pretty, pretty common. And so people are looking into, you know, different methods of, of, you know, their sales tax compliance and looking to choose who they want to go with and and um, they may you know be running into some questions and so I think that uh, there's a couple things that I think we can address um, today and answer some questions is you know um, what can you expect when it comes to you know us or automated software when it comes to you know their sales tax remittance and the compliance well we're seeing some uh, I don't want to be too onerous but some troubling trends uh, in that process you know it, it's already complicated but much more complicated and we've had a lot of podcasts we've had a lot of discussion around the fact that um, probably every seller uh, in the US probably needs to be registered in at least one more state but probably more than one more state trying to figure that out we've talked about the the three questions that every seller needs to ask themselves and find answers to right do i have nexus is there a situation where i've uh, exceeded a threshold and put myself in a position where the state can impose upon me to collect and remit their tax and number two if i have nexus is what i sell taxable in that state um, and so i need to figure that out i need to be able to answer that question and then third how do i sell uh, my services or products Right. If I sell it direct online, I might be the responsible party. If I sell it through a marketplace facilitator, they might have the responsibility to collect and remit the tax, and, and I may not have a responsibility. So <clears throat> I've got to get through all of that process and figure that out. Once I figure that out, now I need a solution for uh, collecting tax on taxable sales where I have Nexus, where I'm registered. Um, and there are some great automated solutions out there in regards to collecting accurate tax at the accurate rate on the on on the items that are taxable um, there's some out there that don't really fit the bill because they can't manage complex taxability situations right so if you have a lot of lines of service and products and some of those services are not taxable some of the products might be at a reduced rate or not taxable or combination may result in a different result from a taxability standpoint um, but there are some great solutions out there um, even in complex situations so there are really good answers for collecting the right amount of tax here's the troubling trend that we're seeing out there and we hear about it almost daily and that is okay I've, uh, I figured out where I have Nexus I figured out what's taxable um, I figured out that I have the responsibility, so I got registered, and I'm set up, and I've got a great solution for collecting the tax. But when my automated solution files the return, 
for whatever reason, and, and there's probably lots of reasons, but I'm paying additional money out of my own pocket. So I collect $10,000 in tax, and when the returns are paid, I'm paying 12000 Without any great answer on why I'm paying additional tax dollars out of my own pocket, and it could be hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars, right? So when you're thinking about what type of sales tax return solution should I utilize once I get myself compliant and registered properly, you got to ask yourself, do I want to go with the least expensive, but I might be paying hundreds or thousands of dollars out of my own pocket each month? Uh, do I want to go with one that's a little more expensive or quite expensive and I'm still paying <laughs> hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars out of my own pocket? And this is no joke. I mean, we talk to people almost daily who are saying, um, we can't get this figured out. We're constantly paying tax dollars out of our own pocket. We're paying dollars into the states that we didn't collect from our customer. And we have the solution to collect it properly. So why are we paying more? And it's a good question to ask, but it's hard to get the answer from your automated solution. So that is definitely a troubling trend. Um, when, when you think about the way returns are prepared, there's essentially, from our perspective, there's essentially two ways, right? You can do what we call a forward calculation, which is to take all of your sales data in a given month, and you take the, the gross sales and the taxable sales that have been identified and you do what's called a forward calculation. And when you do a forward calculation, you're typically utilizing rates that might not be the rate that was collected at the time of the sale, right? And so when you, when, when you do that forward calculation, you may have some discrepancies. If you have significant discrepancies, then there's something wrong. <laughs> That's easy to determine. Why that answer can't be provided is, is uncertain in our minds. The other way that you can prepare a return, and this is our preferred way, um, is what we call a back calculation. Essentially, you plug the, the gross sales that you had in a given period, you plug the amount of tax that you collected, and then you do a reverse calculation from that tax, which uh, calculates your taxable, and then takes the gross amount minus the taxable, and, and that's your exempt sales. That, are applied to that return. The reason that's our preferred approach is you could still have some discrepancies that cause taxable and exempt numbers to change a little bit. But what you can be certain of is whatever tax you collected is what's going to be paid in. And it's going to be paid into the proper jurisdiction. That's what most taxpayers want. And so a lot of times when we're talking about these two different methods, someone will say, well, what about when we get audited? And I just try to remind everybody all the time, when a state comes in to audit your records, they do not audit your return. They look at your return, they look at your remittances, they might look at the way that you're preparing your returns, but they don't audit the return. They audit your general ledger, your transactions, um, your collections, the rate that you collected, etc. And so because that's what they audit, all the return really is is a process by which you take the collections, get it onto the form that they require, and get it into the state. And so if that's the case, what you don't want to be doing if you've collected $10,000 is remitting $12,000. That's the last thing that you want to be doing. 
Now, that's not to say that the state won't question or review your return from time to time because we have received notices, you know, the way you're filing a return or the way you're reporting your sales or taking this credit on the return or the fact that you took a credit on the return. You know, some states allow you to take a credit, others don't. Um, it's not to say that the filing of the return is not important because it is important and how it gets remitted is important. But from an audit perspective, definitely uh, the, the auditor doesn't have the time nor do they have the knowledge, in my opinion, <laughs> most of the time to review and verify that the way you file that return was accurate. Uh, it's a separate separate department more times than not. But at the end of the day, they just want to make certain that a, you collected the proper amount of tax, you charged the right rate, you collected the proper amount, and that that tax got remitted and paid to the state. So it's very important to, uh, to, to not only pay what you're collecting, um, but also to ensure that you're collecting the, the proper amount. Yeah, no doubt. I think uh, That's really interesting. The, the, the troubling trend is you, you kind of have a set it and forget it, method um you figured out what you need to do to get compliant you got compliant you have a really good solution um, for collecting tax and you believe that's accurate and working well you just can't figure out why from the collection of the tax to the filing of the tax um it goes up <laughs> and so yeah. i mean we're not uh we're not being uh sarcastic or um trying to be frustrating when individuals talk to us about this but one of the questions we ask is have you asked why it's happening <coughs> well yeah of course i've asked why it's happening uh oh i think we lost audio oh, we've lost lost jason there <laughs> Yeah, I think, no, he was just indicating that uh, it's important oh. to, to review the process. Oh, there you are. You came back. <laughs> I, I lost you guys. But um, the frustration there is um, no one can give me a straightforward answer of why this is happening. Yeah. But it, but it yeah. keeps happening, right? So you, you make some adjustments, you make some changes, you, you express the frustration, uh, and then it happens again, and then it happens again. And so we find people that are just a little bit disgruntled because they can't figure out what to do in those situations. But what they know they don't want to do is, is keep paying more tax than what they have collected. But you brought up something I think that's <clears throat> probably the second um, most frustrating thing that we hear about from people who are just struggling to comply, right? That's our goal is to help you gain peace of mind when it comes to sales tax and managing sales tax and 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 so um that that's why we tout the the solution that we have because we really believe in automation when it comes to the collection side because um companies have just built great systems to manage that and we find that it's it's um really accurate and performs really well it's just that connection between that collection and the remittance that is a struggle and so that's where we come in and take the data from that system and then we utilize our processes to get that information onto a return. But even the best return that you can prepare and file um, in, in the best format or method, ensuring that you accurately pay what you collected, um, inevitably 
you're going to get correspondence from the states. And this is the other frustration that we hear about, and that is that um, because if there's a problem in the automation process of filing a return that generates a notice, the notice gets generated, you might not have acknowledgement of that notice for a period of time, and most notices have some sort of time period by which you need to respond and, and resolve them. So notice resolution becomes really difficult um, if there's not good communication and there's not the resources to, to respond to those notices and manage them. What we hear from clients from time to time is they say, listen, uh, are we always going to get notices? Do we, is that just our new reality? We just got to deal with notices. And our answer to that is yes. <laughs> Because uh, it could just be a change in filing frequency. It could be a change in the, the level of prepayment that you need to make. It could be you now need to make prepayments when you didn't previously need to make them. Um, it, the file, filing frequency could be moving to monthly or it could be moving back to quarterly or annual or whatever the case may be. So all sorts of notices like that. Also, even if you pay the right amount on a, on, in a timely manner um, to the state, they may still auto-generate notices that come out. A lot of times we get a notice, we contact the state regarding that notice, and the notice has already been self-resolved, but it automatically went out in the mail. And so every notice is not necessarily an, an issue that needs to be resolved, but every notice needs to be responded to, right? Because there will be notices that have errors. Maybe they calculated the return differently than what you show. For instance, Maybe there were negatives on your return, and the state doesn't allow negatives to be filed with the return. So they actually remove the negatives, increasing um, your tax liability on that return. And then all of a sudden, even though those negatives, those credits, those returns, your customers may have been accurate, because the state can't accept it that way, all of a sudden your audit liability goes up. Um, and it's not an actual audit liability, right? It just means that that return needs to be correctly filed with those credits offset against actual tax remittances. Um, or there needs to be some explanation to the state. And so if that doesn't happen, I mean, it could be $5 in additional tax that they've calculated. And that's meaningless, really, in the overall process. But you get a notice, you don't respond to the notice, you get another notice. Now you get a notice that says they're going to take action. Uh, that escalates. Then there's fees and additional items. And if it takes your provider weeks and weeks and maybe even months to respond, um, it's going to create more notices. And if it takes weeks to respond to that, more notices. And it escalates to even to the point that we've seen where um, companies have had their bank accounts frozen. Um, a, a lien has been put on the account because of a notice for some amount of dollars that went unresolved. And it may not have been that the dollars were even due. Um, it was just a, an incorrect method in filing the return. And so um, it, it's just incredible to me how much it can escalate if you don't have someone in a more hands-on cons consultative approach working with you or a, a direct point of contact, right? One of the things we hear the most from our clients that they love 
about the processes and the methods that we have is that they have a point of contact that they can reach and connect with when the situation comes up, which allows for resolution to occur within uh, 24 hours to days, not weeks and, and months from now. So notices are a big deal. Yeah, and it's funny to me that uh, when when clients receive or taxpayers receive notices that um, they'll just go ahead and pay them. I had an instance just yesterday where I was on a call with a client who wasn't aware that they were registered for a sales tax account. They received a notice about a delinquent return that they had and the state had estimated they didn't know that they had estimated, but the state had estimated that the tax was due of three thousand dollars, and the client was they, they were just going to send in payment. And but the client specifically said, "I don't know where they got this figure, but I'm going to go ahead and pay it to just get this notice resolved." Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, "What in the world? You 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 a you don't have nexus, and you don't have a responsibility to file and pay a sales tax return." So I definitely wouldn't pay the notice. Uh, I would I would look into a little bit further why why the notice was received or how you even got the notice first and foremost. But yeah, the states will send all all manner of notices. Some of them can be ignored. Uh, some of them are sent in error, uh, but some of them are legitimate. And um, unless you respond to them and communicate to the state, then they'll just take it to the next level, and that's when it gets really messy and complicated. We we've been contacted several times by clients who. Uh, are in a hole or in a pickle because their accounts have been frozen, their bank accounts have been frozen, or a lien has been placed on their business, or they're trying to sell the company, but you know this lien is is pending on the company, and so you have to hand deliver a notice, or you have to to mail a certified letter to get it taken care of. I mean, there's a lot of of hoops you got to jump through if it's ignored. And so, I mean, much like we've said before, I mean, the last thing you want to do is just bury your head in the sand and ignore sales tax in general. You it's such a, a simple but yet complex um, process that if it, if if tended to, uh, it doesn't have to, to keep you up at night and, and cause a whole bunch of frustrations and pain. Um, but it, it certainly can, and we've witnessed that before. I think you said it right when you said it's it's a simple process if you tend to it, right? The, the complaint that we get from taxpayers um, – is is that it was intended to, <laughs> yeah, and they may not even uh, been aware of it. Um, you know, you mentioned a, a state estimating tax. So I have never, in in 25 years of working in state and local tax, I've never seen a state or a taxing jurisdiction of any kind underestimate the amount of tax that a company <laughs> owes them. Um, it's always five to ten to a hundred times more than would actually be due. So it doesn't surprise me that someone gets a notice with estimated tax of $3,000 um, when they have no requirement to, uh, to collect and remit tax in that jurisdiction. It's pretty incredible. And I, I don't know that it's necessarily a fishing expedition, but these notices get sent out based on whatever policy or guidelines are at the taxing jurisdiction level. And you're right. Some people, it's it's sometimes um, scary to get a notice and not know what the, the state can do or will do. And so a lot of times the way you resolve it is you just pay something that you don't even owe. That's what yeah. kind of drives people crazy about the <laughs> the month-to-month the, the month 
paying tax out of your own pockets that's that's being reported to the state when you didn't collect that tax in the first place. So good question, Ryan. I think as you look into 2022, yeah. you really got to be thinking about um, you really just need to look at your tax collections versus your tax remittances. And if, if it's if it's consistently being overpaid, I think you've got to talk with your provider and say, um, something's got to change or, or we just can't continue doing this. Yeah. And then it, it doesn't cost anything to talk to us. So, uh, again, we talk to almost daily. We talk to taxpayers that are in this type of situation. And um, just a little conversation with us might give you a little more confidence and peace of mind when it comes uh, down to what to do um, as you roll into 2022 uh, as it relates to your compliance processes. Yeah, no, that was great, guys. Um, this is great information. And it's stuff that you you can't find online as you're searching for what you know uh, situation would fit your you best, your your company best. And so, this is really great information. And and my heart really goes out to those people who pay those estimated tax. <laughs> you know, I feel you know that's like scamming old people. In my mind, you know, those scammers. Super like, sad. That just blows my mind. You know, and people are just like, oh, darn it. Well, I guess I got to pay that. It's like, oh. But really, their tax return could have been zero. It's a zero. And you know, there's nothing that you, you owe there. So, you know, this is the kind of information you can't find on the Internet. This is extremely valuable. <clears throat> uh, and thank you guys so much for uh, being on with me. And uh, hope to see you on another one. See you, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan.